This is the Value Investor Podcast with Tracy Reinick. All things value, all the time. Welcome back, value investors. So we have big news. Buffett speaks. He he spoke for three hours on April 12th, 2023 to CNBC's Becky Quick. Of course, who else would he be speaking to? They were on Squawk Box together again for all three hours. That's the thing about Warren Buffett, right? He doesn't just do the little quick hit. Even though he's 92 years old, he could just do the 10, 15 minutes, but no, he was on all three hours. And uh, this time, Becky had to fly all the way to Japan to interview him because he was over there uh, with some other Berkshire uh, management and um, scoping out some of their Japanese investments. Berkshire has been investing in a couple of Japanese trading companies, so he wanted to talk about that. This is ahead of the Berkshire annual meeting that is coming up in early May. So he's putting some info out there before the annual meeting to just kind of get it out of the way, I think. But he also did happen to be on uh, at the same exact time that the CPI for March was released. Obviously, we just had a mini banking crisis with Silicon Valley Bank going under. And so um, he took questions on that. And then it was just mostly his, you know, folksy wisdom about what's going on out there in the economy with investing in general and what he thinks about certain areas of the market, like oil. I hear the sirens going off here um, in Chicago. Oil and gold and Bitcoin. He's never been a fan of gold. He certainly has never been a fan of Bitcoin. So it's not really surprising what he had to say about Bitcoin. Um, on oil, he said that there is a transition, but in five years, we're still going to need oil. That's why he's investing. On Bitcoin, he told a story uh, when asked about Bitcoin. Um, basically, it was couched as, you know, you've always said it's a bubble and it's dumb. And why would you be in it? Because you never considered it to be an investment. But uh, Tulips had a thing for three years, but Bitcoin's been going for, I guess, 15 years now. And it's not dead yet. It's back above 30,000 for Bitcoin. And then he went on to tell the story about how humans love to gamble. And he did restate that Bitcoin is inherently worthless. So he's still not into it. People are always going to gamble. And that's what they're doing with Bitcoin as far as he's concerned. Um, he also talked a little bit on trying to determine where the economy is going. And he considers things like that to be foolhardy. He's never been able to do it in all of his years of investing. So he doesn't even try. He always looks a little aghast if one of the Berkshire companies goes on to hire someone to, you know, give them advice or con consultation about what's going on in the economy. So I'm assuming he's talking about, you know, one of the companies hiring an economist. And he's like, why? Why do we need that? Um, because nobody can really figure it out, even though people think they can. And as far as he's concerned, his focus is on the business. Remember, you own the business if you're a shareholder. And obviously, Berkshire actually does own a bunch of actual businesses in addition to the equity portfolio. 
So there's always going to be economic cycles. You can try to figure it out or not, or you can run your business, which is what most businesses are doing. Great companies can make it through all of those cycles and they can continue to grow. So what difference does it make to him except the business needs to be ready for the slow periods, obviously. But um, you know, if you are concerned about your company running into financial problems in the case of a recession, then you might not want to own that company. You might not want to be a shareholder in a company that can't even handle, you know, a just the general downturn because recessions are a healthy part of the business cycle. Even though we've tried to prevent them and we didn't have one for, you know, over a decade until the the pandemic hit, but that was a self-imposed recession as the economy shut down. Now we may get another kind of Fed-influenced recession as they tighten those rates, but uh, recessions are normal and they don't have to be the great recession type of recessions, obviously. So most companies, you know, they may see some struggles, growth is gonna slow, earnings may come down, revenues will come down, but then they rebound and continue on, right? That's what they're designed to do. So let's use the Zach's rank on this podcast and the style scores to try to find some top companies that look like they have some decent fundamentals going on, but that are also cheap. Now, these would be the classic value stocks. We run this screen every couple of months on the podcast because it's fun. It's fun to see the cheapest of the cheap because these with the classic value components, uh, when you put them all together into the screen, it really narrows that screen down. So Remember, this screen looks for the Zach's ranks. They have to be number ones or number twos. That's the buys and the strong buys. So the earnings estimates should be on the rise in some way to get that rank. Then it also looks at the style score, the value style score, and it has to be A or B. Those are also the two uh, top style scores. That unto itself is somewhat narrow of a screen. But then We do put on the low PE, the low price to sales ratio, the low price to book, the low peg, and the low price uh, to free cash flow. And so you're combining a lot of different ratios there, all of which have to be values. So that's always going to give you a really narrow screen. And then I did it, it does add on that it has to be lightly traded um, or not lightly traded. And so we want trading volume over 100,000 just so we don't get those lightly traded, you know, real small cap companies that um you know most people haven't heard of and you know you're probably not going to go out to buy so that keeps out those companies and running the screen this time i got 16 stocks the last couple times we've run it we have gotten above 10 on this screen but for those of you who have listened into the podcast over the years you know that during the boom boom times and when growth was really Uh, happening and there weren't as many cheap stocks, 
then we had as low as like six stocks on the screen at some points. It was real slim pickings back then, but not so much now. So what is in the 16 stocks? That's what we all want to know, right? Like what what industries are they in? There was a, quite a bit of, of energy. Uh, there were foreign banks, no U.S. banks, but foreign banks, which is interesting. There were several auto companies and there was one home builder. Remember when the home builders used to be in the screen? Basically all of them were in it. Uh, over and over again a couple of years ago, but then the ranks went bad. So then they fell out for that reason. But the, some of the ranks are are better again. The analysts are raising estimates on some of the home builders once again, defying those who believe that the housing market is going to crash. Essentially, the home builders saying no, it's really not that bad. Um, so I'm going to talk about stocks from bunch of these industries i did pick out some that um, are in the ones i just mentioned because those were the most heavily on the list and i'm going to talk about five of them uh, i think we mostly talked about all of these except for maybe one which i found to be intriguing that's on here so let's dive right in the first one is on the automotive the first uh, two are actually automotive. And the first one is one of the retailers. It was the only retailer that showed up on the screen. And it's Asbury Automotive Group, ticker ABG. A is in Adam, B is in Boy, G is in George. And uh, it's a number one. These auto retailers have been dirt cheap. They were supposed to have peak earnings last year. It looks like they really are going to have peak earnings in 2022. But the market doesn't seem to care so much that they had peak earnings. Uh, I used to own one of the retailers in Zach's Value Investor Portfolio, and we did sell it a number of months ago because earnings were being cut. It did look like peak earnings, but the stock has continued to run a bit here. So um, it was not Asbury Automotive Group, but this one remains really cheap. It has a 4.4 billion market cap. It's been around for a while. It was founded in 1995. Um, it, it does own the dealerships, remember, so that they're not manufacturing, they're just uh, selling the cars, uh, new and used. It has a P of just 6.8, a PEG of 0.4, and a price to sales ratio of 0.3, so all really cheap, no dividend with this one. Earnings, though, Again, they peaked last year, so they are expected to be down about uh, 19% to $30.41 from $37.66. So a bit of a value trap feel to it. That's why I'm kind of staying clear of the auto retailers. But the street is not because year-to-date, these are up 13.5%. So that's Asbury Automotive Group, ABG. Second automotive company is General Motors. We've talked about it off and on over all the years I've done this podcast. GM is the ticker. It's still cheap. PE of 5.7, a PEG of 0.6, and a price to sales of 0.3. Year to date, the shares are up 4.3%, but they're down from the February highs. So um, it's been you know somewhat volatile on, on GM. Uh, earnings expected to be down, just like on Asbury, down 18.2% to 6.21 from 7.59 last year. Does pay a dividend yielding 1%, but 
market cap about 49 billion on General Motors. And uh, leaving out of the automotives, we're switching over to the airlines, airplanes actually, with Embraer. It's a uh, Brazilian, I believe they're Brazil. Shoot, I didn't write it down. Pretty sure they're Brazilian. Um, And they are a plane manufacturer. In fiscal 2022, they delivered 159 jets. That was up 12.7% from 2021. They build these smaller jets. So if you ever flew on like a regional route, like say Chicago to Nashville or maybe Chicago to Grand Rapids, um, those kind of smaller flights, that's the type of plane you probably would fly on an Embraer. They are jets, but they are those smaller size jets. Uh, the order backlog was $17.5 billion at the end of the fourth quarter, 2022. They did give guidance for 2023 of commercial jet production of 65 to 70 jets. And then the executive jets, that's, you know, the companies buying it or uh, maybe that guy won the $2 billion lottery. He could maybe buy one. Um, that is 120 to 130 So that's a lot more jets than what they delivered this year. We'll see if they can actually deliver it for next year. They have a market cap of $3 billion. They are Zach's number two. Um, PE is at 14.6. So not as cheap as some of the others, but still under 15, which is what I look at for value. Peg of 0.86. So it is under one, and that's showing value and growth. And a price to sales of 0.7. Um, earnings, earnings expected to skyrocket this year, up 433% to $1.12 versus just 21 cents in 2022. They do report earnings next on May 3rd. So you might want to tune in and see if this is holding up or if, you know, the banking crisis and things is causing some cancellations on orders or what's happening. But um, there's no indication that that's happening, at least not in the earnings estimates. Year to date, the shares are up 50%, but again, still cheap. So people really going in on the aircraft side of the global economy right now with Embraer, ticker E-R-J. Um, e is in Edward, R is in Robert, J is in John. So um, also good play on you know, emerging markets and that kind of thing if you're looking for companies outside of the United States. Um, Number four, Valero Energy, ticker VLO. We've talked about them before. They're one of the big refiners and they um, are cheap. A lot of the refiners are cheap. Refining, I'm feeling, is a little bit tricky here because we have crude going back up. There is, uh, it doesn't move on crude, but it's about the refining margins with the refiners. Um, So the crack spreads, all of that good stuff, but there's been four estimates raised in the last seven days. So I feel like someone in the analyst community are thinking crude is now jumped back up again and something good must be going on in the crack spread for suddenly the, 
panelists to be raising like that. It's us uh, number two on the SACS rank, but and it has the A style score for value, but it also has an A for growth and an A for momentum. So the total uh, you know, thing across the board is A's. That's not easy to get to have AAA all the way across. So um, you know, keep that in mind too. We're we only screen for the value, but if hey, if I could get all the the components to be like top, then even better. So um, I should actually do a screen for that value plus all the components being the A's because that's kind of rare too. Uh, so how cheap is Valero? PE of 5.5, PEG of 0.9, price to sales of 0.3. It is about a $50 billion market cap. So this is a big refiner and dividend. It does pay that. Um, it says 3.1% right now. I'm not sure if that's variable, if it you know changes every quarter or what's happening with it, but they have always been shareholder friendly and they have shared the good times with the shareholders. So keep that in mind. Year to date, the shares are up 6.7%. Uh, 2023 earnings, however, are expected down 14.4% to 24.95 from 29.16 last year. But again, four analysts have raised estimates in just the last seven days. So we're starting to see a change in sentiment there. That's why it's got the better Zach's rank. And so um, you might wanna tune in on the next earnings call on that one, just to kind of see what everybody's talking about, what they're talking about with the crack spreads and you know whether or not those earnings are gonna jump up again. These commodity plays, the earnings very volatile as we saw last year. So they are gonna change frequently. Uh, that's Valero Energy VLO. And then our final stock is the home builder. And which one is it? Who made the list this time? It is Toll Brothers, ticker T as in Tom, O-L, T-O-L. They are the luxury home builder and they have a market cap of 6.6 .6 billion, founded in 1967. So they've seen a lot of cycles. They saw the 20% mortgage rate cycle at one point in the you know late 70s, early 80s. They've seen the you know 2.5% mortgage rate cycle, and now here we are in the sixes with the mortgage rates. But 20% of Toll Brothers customers pay all cash. So the mortgage isn't as big of a deal for the luxury side. But even with that, uh, earnings are expected to be down this fiscal year, down 12.8% because they are gonna sell fewer homes and that's gonna impact earnings. Fiscal 2024 expected to be down 6.9% again. So two years down off what was a record year in fiscal 2022. And it looks like um, in the earnings, they're expected to make 866 versus 944 last year. And that 866, however, is actually up in the last two months because they were only expected to make 787 before they reported earnings, which were better than expected. And they're just not as pessimistic. So the analysts on all the home builders got very pessimistic when those rates rose, you know, over six up to seven. 
sales crashed down, no doubt about it, it was a very different market and it is gonna impact earnings, but they just got a little too pessimistic on what was going on. Also, price of lumber has come down considerably again. That's a huge savings for all the home builders. And as inflation moderates, they're actually seeing some savings on other things that are in the supply chain as well. So that's gonna help them on the cost side too. This one is Zach's number two now because those estimates have been raised since this last earnings report. Um, it is the A for value because that's what we screen for, the A or the B, but it is a D on growth and a D on momentum. And this is what I was kind of pointing out that Valero is somewhat unusual that it's got A's across the board. We're only screening for the value though, because we're not that concerned with the growth or the momentum. But this stock does have some momentum actually year to date. It's up 19.4%, but over the last uh, like two, three months, it's kind of been treading water at this higher level. It's not selling off. It's no longer really rallying. It's just kind of waiting for the next catalyst, either up or down. And so over the last three months, it's up 7.4%. That's still um, not too shabby given what the overall S&P 500 is doing right now. So all these companies have survived to make it this long. Some of them have been around in business for decades. But remember, General Motors actually did file for bankruptcy in June 2009. They had $82 billion in assets at that time, but $173 billion in liabilities. So just because they've made it all this time doesn't mean that, that you know it's a safe thing or a sure thing, as we just saw with Silicon Valley Bank. Um, so you always have to be up on what your investments are doing by good businesses that can uh, weather the storm up and down, um, have a margin of safety of some kind, make sure you're checking the cash flows. Dividends do matter as well, but that doesn't always tell you something because General Motors has paid dividends over the years as well. That didn't prevent its bankruptcy. Um, and some of the many of the banks have, you know, restarted paying dividends several years ago as well. And that didn't, you know, stop that either. But dividends do matter if you get this kind of sideways type market. And um, for instance, Toll Brothers, like I said, kind of trending sideways now, you know, treading some water there. It's paying a dividend yielding 1.4%. That's not huge, but at least it's something that is flowing into your account. And remember some of the advice from Buffett, just watching him on CNBC for three hours today, um, always resonates with all of us who are value investors. It's really about time and patience. And that's why the things he says, you know, it's not rocket science, right? He's, he's saying basic things, but we all get tied up in, um, you know, what's happening day to day on the stock market or where's the economy going? What will the Fed do next when 10 years from now, we're not really going to look back and wonder about the March CPI? <laughs> like Nobody's going to remember that. Um, this is a, a little bit over three years since the pandemic hit. And on the financial side, I'm sure many of you have already pretty rusty memories about the stock sell-off in 2020 and um, you know the rebound and what was going on then. Um, 
So you just have to ride out the cycle. Uh, Warren Buffett has wrote, wrote it out. Remember, he didn't even have time to get in in the pandemic sell-off of 2020. So he mostly stayed on the sidelines. But he has been deploying money in recent months, especially into those energy stocks. Uh, he keeps adding to Occidental. And um, many people believe, you know, ultimately they will probably end up owning Occidental at some point. But right now, I think he owns 23% of it or thereabouts. So they have a ways to go before they're able to, to really own it. Um, but as we said, it's always good to see Warren Buffett in interviews. It's somewhat rare. Uh, he was kind of, you know, off the scene during COVID for understandable reasons. He was back at the annual meeting with Charlie Munger last year live, and he will be again this year in early May. Yahoo Finance has been showing it live. I hope they do so again. I'll be tuning in. I hope all of you can as well. Um, and then we'll probably talk about it on the podcast because there's always some little nuggets in there that um, him and Charlie share with all of us value investors. But remember, time and patience. Those are the best things. I know it's not glamorous, but it is what works for a long-term investment portfolio. Now, let me recap the stocks again. We had Asbury Automotive Group, ticker ABG. We had General Motors, ticker GM. We had Embraer, that's the airline, well, not airline, um, airplane manufacturer in Brazil. Yes, they are in Brazil. Um, ticker ERJ, ERJ. Then we had Valero, one of the refiners. There were a couple of refiners on the list. I chose Valero, ticker V is in Victor, L O. VLO. And then we do have the home builders. We we really can't get enough of the home builders, right? They they were missing for a while, but they're back. And this one, the luxury home builder, Toll Brothers, ticker T-O-L. And as always, I'm bringing you value stocks every week. And whatever else is happening in the value stock universe, like Warren Buffett giving three-hour interviews. So you want to be sure to subscribe. Get us on uh, Zax.com. We have a podcast page. You can just click on the link at the top of the page. We also have a separate YouTube page, Zach's Podcasts on YouTube. You can sign up there, subscribe there and you'll get all of our podcasts when they launch. Um, you can also get us, of course, on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, but make sure you get us somewhere and I'll see you again next week with some more value stocks. This material is being provided for informational purposes only and nothing herein constitutes investment, legal, accounting, or tax advice or a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold a security. Do not act or rely upon the information and advice given in this podcast without seeking the services of competent and professional legal, tax, or accounting counsel. Publication and distribution of this podcast is not intended to create and the information contained herein does not constitute an attorney-client relationship. No recommendation or advice is being given as to whether any investment or strategy is suitable for a particular investor. It should not be assumed that any investments in securities, companies, sectors, or markets identified and described were or will be profitable. All information is current as of the date herein and is subject to change without notice. Any views or opinions expressed may not reflect those of Zach's investment research as a whole.